Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. about drinkability doesn't matter oh, yeah. the style you guys are like walking beer wikipedia yep. that's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person or you have a fermentation in your gut yeah. i'm jet propelled at all times <laughs> how many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap somebody who's never tasted a commercial example and this is how you know everything about this beer please you don't I think, you know, the, <laughs> I think it's bullshit. I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. no. We're going to teabag fight. Yeah. Yeah. You heard of Junkyard Wars? No. Can I get another high five, Beavis? <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Session. It's March 15th. And uh, we are here to deliver some good beer info for you. We have Luke from Ren House Brewing in Arizona. Luke, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, you sending in beer all the way all the way out here. And uh, like I was telling you a little bit before the show started, I I met Sully halfway in the town and uh, gave him some of the beer too. Sorry, Kim. Um, I have cans for you, but I just, I didn't want to go to, you know, whatever hospice care you're in or something like that. <laughs> just too far. Well, it's just a little too far, man. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, so Sully's going to be drinking the beer with me, which I, I really like. I, I, I like, it's not just me drinking the beer that I can have a moment to like, think about, uh, why I'm incorrect yeah. with what I'm saying. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. It's a lot yeah. of pressure to be dissecting a beer by yourself. It really is, man. At first, it was sort of like a like a source of like pride or like something I can gloat about, or like I have all this beer. And then the more the more the show sort of rolled on, it's like, oh man, this is really all my <laughs> this is really yeah, all my it, fault it, to deliver this information. It's also, it's also one of those things where, like, you know, you probably internally are having this moment where you're like, Jesus, I'm just getting drinking here by myself, and <laughs> what's this, this is so getting wasted. <laughs> yeah, there is a little bit like of that. Drinking alone is a sign of something, I think. You might have to get into a group. <laughs> well, and it was funny seeing you, Sully, because first of all, you know, I waited for you longer than I saw you. But like, uh, I, I fucked my back up today 
literally walking around my house talking to you on the phone. I don't know how it happened. Like I, I don't know what happened to me, but that drive out there, we met halfway in Concord. Uh, that was painful. I was like almost in tears. My back was just destroyed. So, so this is going to be a good show. Yeah, so it's going to be great. It's mainly old well, man I, talks about his pains. Well, I, I could, I'm kind of like right there with you because I got my second COVID vaccine yesterday and I was doing fine. And then about like three hours ago, it was like, what's this fatigue stuff going on here? What's going on? And so I was like, all right, I'm just blaming you on the fact I didn't get a good night's sleep. But I, and I took a shower. I'm doing fine. So uh, you're back. My COVID. We're great. Vaccine. Kim, what's wrong with you? We're, um, it, yeah. it's funny because you were, you know, we were talking in the, in the parking garage there, which was weird, by the way, it was the parking garage right next to the hop grenade. Number one, didn't go in the hop grenade, which was weird. But number two, it's like, I haven't been in that parking garage in a year now and just yeah. driving down like the side streets, like just cars or everything's back to normal apparently. And yeah, you haven't been out of the house much. I mean, you were still wearing your pajamas when I saw you too. I re- I'm literally still you. wearing the same clothes. And exchanging bags of goods. Exactly. <laughs> in a seedy parking garage in downtown Concord. But yeah, you were talking and I'm, I could tell that you weren't, uh, you all, all your faculties weren't there. You were, you were, you were tired. You were a little, you were a little. Yeah, it was out there. I was definitely like, um, you know, I, I was fine. The first shot, no big deal. Second one, I was fine. And then like literally I met, like, a couple hours ago, I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? So. <laughs> Um, but I, but I you know, got, I just got my first. So I'm hoping, you got your first. Oh. How did you fare? Did you did you do all right? I'm or fine. You, I got it yeah. yesterday, and, and today I hit the mountain, did some skiing, and, and show off. Definitely, definitely messed my back <laughs> off a bit. Messed my back up a bit today, but uh, you messed your back up too. Good. So you're just trying to one up Sully and I because we yeah. in, individually have, uh, but now you have yeah. both issues. Yeah, he's like, yeah, oh, messed my back up skiing. Uh, COVID <laughs> shot. <laughs> oh, God. It's a good life in northern Arizona. <laughs> and Kim, you said you've you've been to Wren House, right? Yeah, I have a few times. My parents live in Tucson, and for a while they lived in Glendale, just outside of Phoenix. So um, that's one of their go-to spots. Since they've lived in the three best beer states mm-hmm. in the U.S., now they do nothing but complain about how Arizona doesn't have enough good spots, but Wren House being one of their two favorites. So I hear a lot about Wren House. And your dad's a local. Like a regular, I mean, a, a regular of the bar. He, he is a regular, yes. I have the talking points. I have the text message up and ready and queued, so that way I can refer to it so he doesn't get upset I missed anything, so we're good. I love that your dad's a regular. And he's best friends with the staff, is that right? <laughs> I'm using the term uh, friends Arm. loosely here. Uh, probably everyone's like, oh, God, this guy again. Um, no, I bet, my I bet if I asked... If I asked Andrew about this man, he would have a ton to say. <laughs> so, I mean, I may need to disassociate myself. Warranted, for sure. Yeah, isn't that where you died, Kim? Didn't you die in Arizona? I did die in Arizona. And one of the places that uh, I was able to hit up before um, I came back to California as I was in recovery was Ren House. So their beer helped get me to where I am today. If you ever do a collaboration right. beer for fundraiser for whatever, you, you, the beer needs to be called I Died in Arizona. I Died okay. in Arizona. It's a, a good name. It's yeah, good but name. Tombstone would have to make it. See? Yeah, sure. Now you're talking, man. I love it. I think that's, uh, you know, I think it's pretty cool. Well, anyway, enough about Kim. Luke, let's talk about you, man. How, how are you? Okay. How are you doing, man? 
I'm great. Yeah. I just feel like starting the conversation with just a normal. I went and got my uh, my car. Um, like the oil change, whatever. It's like 2,000 miles overdue for fucking oil change, but I'm not That's trying to do that due yeah. to pandemic. It was weird. And I drop it off and like, I'm like kind of wandering, waiting to be helped. I'm outside, of course. And they're like, oh, you can wait inside. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. No, I'm going to just go outside. Thanks. It's cool. And the guy like, he opens the door, he comes out and he goes, how you doing, man? <laughs> like very, very sincere. And I'm like, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, we're still here. I think your we're, car is wrecked. Yeah, and he's like, "Good, but are you? You're good, right? You're okay." Like he was genuinely concerned about me, and I'm like, "I don't, I don't know what to." I, yeah, I'm, can you just change the oil in my car, brother? <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. Anyway, I felt he's like coming in for a hug. Yeah, I felt like going on with that. I already I grieved. Know. I already grieved today, man. It's not gonna happen with you. <laughs> yeah, I always cry before I get up. So I'm all cried out for you, random car guy at the dealer. Uh, anyway, Luke, uh, let me talk a little bit about your history, man. How did you get involved in in brewing? Were you a home brewer before all this mess happened? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, started as a kind of a young brewer. Um, I home brewed in college, and um, I was kind of bartending, paying my way through college. Had a couple craft beer bars at twenty. Uh, and really started getting a beer, turned 21. And right when I turned 21, just a few months later, well, Renhouse opened that year um, in June 2015. And then I joined up in November of 2015 um, and started part time working in the back part time. We were pretty small at that point, like five to 600 barrels that first year, I believe. Okay. Um, so it's just kind of some part time help with uh, Preston Teeny who's the uh, founding brewer and he's now the director of brewery, brewery operations. Okay. Uh, so he kind of trained me up for, for a bit and then I um, just kind of took over production of that facility. And, um, uh, and now I'm up at our new facility in Prescott, Arizona. We, we got a 30 barrel, uh, three vessel brew house. Oh, wow. Uh, Damn. So I've been with the company since 2015 I had a short stint a couple of years ago with Arizona Wilderness, another local brewery. Sure, they yeah. Needed someone to do their um, their sour program uh, with their wood barrels and, and their thirty barrel fooders they have. So I was kind of doing that for a few months, uh, and then Renhouse started seeing some expansion in their future and kind of kind of hit me up again and, and start, restarted that relationship. And I've been with them for a, a couple more than a couple of years now. Okay, yeah. so you were with them, you left, and then you came back. Yeah, exactly. All right. So you already knew the you already knew the, the the situation, what's going on. Did you demand more money? You're like, well look, if you want me to come yeah. back to you, you need to pay me way more money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just and just you know, looking at companies' growth and, and what the future looks like and then putting yourself there. So <laughs> that's cool. How did, how did they find you the first time? Uh before they it opened. Was kind of uh, so Drew Poole, um, Drew Poole and Bill Hammond are the two co founders. Uh, they both work full time at Intel. Um, they just have kind of a passion for for craft beer, and you know that story. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they um, they wanted to open a you know pretty nondescript ten barrel brewery in Phoenix, push out of the tap room quite a bit. Uh, Drew Poole would come to the bar I worked at quite a bit. Uh, Angel's Trumpet, this craft beer bar in Phoenix, um, and we kind of just became loose friends. And and I gave him some of my homebrew to try and. And uh, I was brewing some weird, like, table 
poppy galaxy saisons as like a college wow. kid and, and he was he was like he thought it was cool and different and and yeah true's like a big phantom lover and he, he definitely knows the the nooks of craft beer so he was into it and and we just hit it off really well and i started with the company so back then. you were making like hoppy belgian table beers yeah, just on my own beer system. See that that's right. That's my sort of vibe too. I like I love those beers. As a matter of fact, anything yeah. oh, anything yeah, like totally. that. You look low alcohol, but you can still be expressive, and you get the very hop forgiving. combination with the yeast. Yeah, it is also very forgiving. Very, very forgiving. <laughs> that, yeah, I always heard the story. I was I one of my first NHGs. I think I think the dude from Phantom, or maybe somebody was telling a story about a tour from Phantom. Anyway, like the mash tun had like spider webs in it, and they at the, the they were like, "Well, do you ever clean the mash tun?" He's like, "No, it gets boiled. It's fine. It doesn't matter." <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. It's such sure. a homebrewer vibe. He mashes man. out on the floor. Yeah, he just lets it all spill out. <laughs> it's like, like whatever, dude. It it's fine. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> God, I don't know. I can't even imagine that. So, so a uh, rent house was your first professional job yeah exactly were you nervous at all <laughs> i mean how now do you then. <laughs> well well i don't know both i guess i mean then because i imagine you had no experience in a a, a, a brewery you know except yeah. your own and you have to figure out where all this stuff goes you have to figure out what to yep. do and how your efficiency is and all that kind of stuff how do you transition into that it was just a, such a slow process i mean um, so Preston came from Big Sky. He was uh, uh, one of their like kind of lead shifters. Um, they were really sh- had a uh, you know a pretty manual system, so they had a few shifters there. Okay. And um, so he kind of knew his way around such a big facility. But honestly, it was kind of new for the both both of us turning ten barrel batches of kind of one off beers all the time for yeah. for the tap room to consume. And I mean, we didn't even start canning for the first couple, first two and a half years, I believe. Okay. So it was just such a different thing for both of us. And we were just playing around, honestly. And and at the same time, dialing in our skills of, of production efficiency and and how to make more money, you know, per batch. <laughs> uh, and so we just kind of slowly learned that. And now I'm brewing on it. On average, I'm set to do maybe ten to 12,000 barrels this year out of our new facility. Wow, that's so crazy. It's definitely wow, been a pretty big, good. A big leap. Yeah, yeah, it's been a big leap. Well, I'm tired. We, yeah, we're good. Yeah, I imagine, man. That would, tires me just hearing about it. I feel like yeah. like now or within the last couple of years, maybe not literally at this moment right now, but in the last couple of years, I think it's the a good time to be a brewery with a tap room trying to figure out their system efficiency and all that because you are just turning over b- different beer after different beer and you yeah. can sort of learn as you're serving, you know, beer, considering the, the, the product yeah, is good, get, obviously all that kind of stuff feedback from your right. customers. And, yeah. Um, and I think we, we got it as dialed in as, as we, we were happy with. And, um, then it was kind of like, what's next. And that's usually growth from that <laughs> size. So <laughs> how did you, uh, your, your facility in Phoenix, where, what was, it's kind of a unique space is it looks like it's an old house almost. What is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it's an old Phoenix bungalow, I think built in the 1910s. Um, it was originally an, a, a man kind of was living there and he made mirrors in the, in the back. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like really a, weird. It was like a mirror <laughs> shop. Uh, and then, uh, I don't know why that's so uh, funny to me. <laughs> Maybe so, it is. This yeah, man yeah. made mirror. <laughs> we, we, so we have this kind of, you know, rectangular 
ultra tall obscure building in the back that's just all blacked out and that's our brewery uh the second story was added in the 70s back there for some like uh, low-income apartment housing for like migrant workers and then um a baker and then it was kind of abandoned for a long time a bakery bought it up again in like the 90s i believe uh and kind of got a walk big walk-in space set up there and they were producing bread and then it was kind of not used again and and then these guys just kind of came about it and it was a great deal and and it's definitely got some character i I definitely have big love for that place it's it's what what got us going so yeah we converted that that house into a tap room just real small like 14-seater bar little community table behind it and you know a couple bathrooms and a couple tables on the side and that's it uh, we just started pouring uh, a ton of beer out of there. <laughs> I love that story, man, because it, it's like no matter who it is, you ask what, you know, the brewer or whatever, the history of whatever building they're in, and they'll tell you. It's like yeah. it's like a thing that you have they to know. They knew the whole thing. Like, yeah. Literally, when the first plank went in, you know, they really the beer do. shop guy. I mean, that's a, there's got to be a beer name there somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. It overlooked on our end. Reflections sure. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. What kind of beer do you guys specialize in? Are, are you a house that specializes in certain beers? Or are you sort of all over the map? I mean, what takes our heavy production, about half of our production is our, our house IPA, okay. our Spellbinder. Um. And then right next to that is is um, a kind of a it's all pretty even level, but we do a ton of double IPA, um, all kind of in the hazy style. We, we mess around with West Coast beer every once in a while, um, but right next to that is our lager production. We have two two of our core beers are lagers. Uh, one is a Nelson Dry Hops Pilsner, uh, very light Nelson character, and I think you guys got that in your pack. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to try that. Yeah, so that's a favorite of mine. And then we also do a, a, just an American lager with corn uh, called Valley Beer. Mm. And that, that takes up a big amount of production. I'm turning 90-barrel tanks to that pretty frequently. Really? Is that something that yeah. you've, you've seen just a, a general increase in demand for? It was slow. Yeah, it's it was. Okay. Increase, but it's been slow. It was, okay. it was tough to kick off um, because I think when we kicked it off, you know, it was a couple of years ago and no one really gave a damn about lager brewing and no and and especially like the growth of these regional breweries starting to bring back their own regional lager uh which is has not been done for a long time yeah so i think that was kind of the vein we wanted to go for have this classic design this classic beer something that just represented the history of american brewing and we just packed that into a little american corn lager with all czech saws hops it's awesome what do you think people are tuned into that sort of style now why why do you think the growth i mean we've seen it before too and in, in the past six eight months a lot of brewers are talking about it but uh, yeah i don't really know what there's it is so many like there's so many like way, things it could be some people yeah. say like people are gearing towards healthier you know more drinkable alcohol products i mean you see that with hard seltzer and, and all that stuff but, yeah uh, um i don't know i think just people really are starting to appreciate the communal aspect of what low alcohol uh, lager can be and at the same time supporting your local brewery. So I think it's a win-win of like support local yeah, and just having a nice fairly priced communal beverage that's easy to drink. Yeah. I think it's also like, it's, it's just the approachability of the beer as well. I mean, like a lot of the you know, big hazies are, you know, they can be uh, you know, it's like a relationship sometimes with them you have to develop. And I think, you know, like with your I'm excited to try the Valley beer, 
um, and your pills. I mean, I, I just, you know, also for me, an older guy, uh, <laughs> been doing it for a while. I mean, I'm sort of gravitating towards them as well. Um, I think, uh, and you see, and on, on the show, like you said, JP, we're seeing more and more brewers come on and talk about loggers. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, that's exciting, I think, as well. Yeah, I mean, and so lager is a big focus for us. I mean, we, we also do our, I don't think I even mentioned it to you guys in, in the notes, but uh, every year, well, yes, last year was our inaugural. We do a lager celebration, and it was an invitational, and we invited out, you know, Peter Allen and Bierstadt and a oh, lot yeah. of, like, um, and there's a lot more than that, but a lot of, like, big hitter lager brewers it all came out to Phoenix and brought two or three of their most beers that they're proud of holy mountain brought like a smoked uh hellas i believe or some kind of crazy smoked dry ops lager uh and so it's just awesome to see all those brewers like you said who are all heavy into the lager brewing and all celebrate it together and so we definitely lean towards that style of brewing yeah i i love it for just you know purely selfish reasons and i i really hope the pendulum doesn't swing the other way again. I mean, I know it inevitably will because that's just sort of what happens, but I would really like for, for loggers like these to sort of find, find a foothold, you know, and they don't disappear like yeah. Porter did, like Porter did, Yeah. you know, or like no one brews a Porter except just to be ironic sometimes. And that's about it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want that. I want to bring one next week. I'm being ironic. Oh, damn. <laughs> well, you're old enough to remember that, you know, when hey, it was hey, invented. Hey, hey. So it's it's one old comment per show. I did it. Okay. Well, okay. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I read the contract again. Uh, you know what I mean? I really, I really hope that log, because you, you can really get a full expression of, hops and and malt and the brewer sort of intention through those yeah. and i don't think that yeah. there's well, not too many beer styles like that that you that you can i mean sure ipa but that's really heavily skewed towards the hop side but yeah there's a lot of nuances in ipa brewing especially hazy ipa brewing that yeah. uh, don't just don't get noticed by the consumer but but can definitely be um stressed over and thought about by the brewer for quite some time <laughs> Um, versus maybe an American lager is definitely harder to hide from the consumer. They know what to expect. And, yeah. And, uh, they know when something's a little off. Do you guys do hazy beers there? Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you do? Spellbinder, it, Spellbinder is a hazy IPA. Is a hazy, and, okay. Um, uh, pretty much every one-off IP, a double IPA we do as well. Okay, so ha- so yeah, you were saying half your your basically production goes into the Spellbinder, so that is a hazy. Okay, wow. Yeah. And Damn. then we're splitting it up in little pies after that, but you know, double IPA takes a wow. good chunk. That's crazy to me, man. That's a lot of hazy beer to crank through. What's the beer of yours that um, we won a GABF? Yeah, it was either last year or the year before, just in the last couple of uh, years. This most, this most recent GABF, Spellbinder won gold for Hazy IPF. Wow. Damn, dude. Congrats on that. Yeah, That's crazy. It's probably Kim's dad drinking most of it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yep. He, your... pushed, he pushed it, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, if they ever move, you're going to lose 80% of that production. <laughs> Is your dad a Hazy beer freak? Yeah, oh, I mean, he, you know what? He never used to be like Trumer Pilsner and then um, Pivo Pills were his go-tos for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And then awesome. that changed when he moved to Portland and he got more into... He got radicalized. Hazy. Yeah. Yeah, and now it's like in Arizona, it's like exclusively those. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met your dad, but poor, poor your dad. I don't know. 
we got to rescue him. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah, get that get that man more trimmer. <laughs> yeah, get him back down. I, it's hard to find apparently in Arizona. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I can That's imagine. Really yeah, <laughs> I can imagine, man. I mean, drink. Look, drink more. Uh, m- drink more of their uh, their pilsners. This is what you tell your dad. And neither is Pivo. So if any of you guys know someone from Firestone. I don't know what the deal is. We're not getting Pivo in Arizona. I haven't, I haven't seen Pivo in, get everything else. in a hot minute out going. here, man. Yeah, it just yeah. doesn't even... Uh, but I also want DBA to come back. Yeah, in, that too. In distro. That. That's such a good beer, man. I get Union Jack, though. That's a great beer. Let's get Matt on the phone right now. <laughs> After this break... <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably do it too. Uh, all right. Well, I'll tell you what, He's man. Or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, let's take a quick break. I'm gonna go run and grab, uh, I guess, the two loggers, and we'll come back. And we'll open those and talk about your logger process and you know all that kind of cool stuff. Okay, Sound good? Great. All right, cool. All right, hang on, everybody. It's the session. We'll be right back with Luke from Ren House Brewing in Phoenix, Arizona. Hang on. Segmented, demented, fermented, fermented. It's the session. Yeah. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. It's the session. We are back with Luke from Wren House Brewing, all the way from Arizona. And uh, Sully, you were saying during the break that uh, with this Valley beer is a beer that you. Yeah. Uh, did something with I don't know. Explain it again. Well, I wasn't so listening. I mean, I've I've been judging the GBF for a number of years now, and one of the categories I've leaned into, which is, I'll tell that story another time why I do it, but is the American light lager lager category, which has been split up. I think it's American lager and American pilsner now, and I, I, I I'm pretty sure. I, actually, I know I was on the panel that gave you that silver medal that year, 2019. So um, that's awesome. And, and I and I and I, like I was saying in the break, I haven't got I haven't received my check yet, but uh, I guess this will this will have to do. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. it's. I mean, honestly, I'm excited to try this beer. I think you just said that it's the first first. What what this is off your new it's, it's my first batch on my on the production facility. Correct. That's um, awesome. So we uh, we have a filter we're trying to get running there, but right now I'm just doing the finding agents on some of these beers. So well, honestly, I mean, you know. To talk, I mean, to first of all, to win any medal in that category is insane because I mean, it's like those are usually been dominated in the past by big breweries, and you have to be there's no room for error. So, congratulations! Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's definitely a huge team effort. Uh, Preston um, has been pushing that beer hard for a long time, and seeing the marketing behind it start getting grounding and then getting that medal was definitely solidified it as a core for us. Yeah, it's awesome. Sully, when you're judging that category, how hard is it to differentiate beers one from the other? You know, um, I mean, I know there's a lot of like nuance you could do with that style, and that's not what I mean. But at some point, it's I don't know. I would imagine it's a very hard category to like. Well, well, it's interesting because if you read the description, if you want to geek out on the description of actually the category, it says a lot of very low to none, very low to none, every flavor description, every attribute of the beer. So there's there's not, you have to, you're all almost looking for the absence of things. And so you have to really produce just a super clean beer that doesn't have like a huge, and, and the glaring, like, you know, like too, too much bitterness, too sweet, you know, acetaldehyde, diacetyl, any sort of off flavor, anything like that. They just have to be just very subtly there for a beer, not to sort of be moved on or uh. to be considered. So, um, 
it's an extraordinary effort. I mean, this is a category that was dominated by, you know, Coors won, has won that category a lot. PBR has yep. won that category a lot. I mean, yeah. if you have any oxidation, that's going to show up really quickly too. I mean, honestly, those three beers in that category, gold, silver, and bronze, I mean, those, I mean, you're silver. You were probably a gold contender, definitely, in the way these things work. I mean, there are probably people who are championing that beer to be the number one beard, you know. Yeah, I'm not revealing I've heard, too I've much, heard but, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. That's Dang, wild, man. You got the gold medal. You got the gold medal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so what should we crack open, man? The Valley beer? Yeah. That's the first one? You're talking about it. Yeah, right, let's yeah. do it. JP, I have a spin drift in case you're wondering, since you didn't make any sort of effort of getting me any sort of beer. So <laughs> I think I think the beer shipping got delegated de delegated twice down the line. So <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's a, it always goes to JP. Kim, where do, do you live in Oakland? Well, do you live, look, do you live uh, in Oakland? Where do you live? Uh not that far from Cato's. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not that far away. If you want to come by, I just give you this glass here. Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, honestly, you weren't even invited on the show. You butted in. So I don't have to tell you about that. The show is existing because of me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> don't tell Bev. Uh, all right, let's crank this uh, Valley beer, dude. Tell me a little yeah, bit about this so guy, please. I don't have one with me, but I can definitely <laughs> tell you about it. Yeah, it. tell me about it. Just take a sip of something. <laughs> here's a here's a, a porter. <laughs> yep, Valley beer. That's porter. exactly what I have, man. Looks great. <laughs> um so yeah valley beer uh it's a very basic beer uh our house uh malt at our brewery is uh raw north star pills it's an under modified american pills malt um i love it um it gives you a lot of flexibility to tweak with on the hot side uh, in the mash because it's just ripe for uh brewer modification so we um kind of do a really low and slow rest in the low 140s and for that batch i just kind of slowly brought it up to um 149 or so and then um we boil for 90 minutes we give it a bunch of saws just throughout the boil which was something um we kind of saw a lot of old pre-pro versus american lager brewers doing was constant boil additions uh so we hit it with that and then um, very lightly um and then uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We ferment with our house lager yeast. It's a Bavarian strain that we love um, and we use for all of our lagers. Uh, there's a little bit of sulfur and, kicking off on that guy, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but not, sulfur. I mean, there's a, there's a lot, but it's not, um, it's not, uh, uh, it's not bad. It really works well with the overall, you know, with the, the aroma from the hops and the aroma from the malt. Um, it, it really sort of works in concert together. It's, it's not, Sticky outy is what I say. It's, yeah, it's, not, too, it's, it's not too, rob yeah, it's, it's got a light fruit note too, but I, the SO2 is pretty low. I mean, it's not, it's not really robust at all. No, it definitely is in this beer. It gets very robust uh, and I can smell it in the whole brewery, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of a bit, it's a big American lager when it's fresh in the cans um, and it mellows out to like industry norm after just a little bit of time in the cans it's mellow now yeah i like it it's great yeah yeah for sure it's mellow. I'm just... and this is a beer that's slowly climbing the the list of uh people's go-to beers out there huh yeah so I recently I, I got the american light version of that going valley beer light and um kind of just brewed that same beer uh up to the hops a little bit and then um 
and then just expanded with um, slightly modified RO water almost in half and got this like seven and a half Play-Doh wort down to 1.3. Got a little 3% American light lager going too. Oh, I'm man. super happy with that one. So I would be too, dude. That I'm is like... I'm bummed we didn't send you guys. <laughs> I don't, and I don't know what it is about those, about those sort of light lagers like that. The like, you know, American light lager. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I like it a lot. I'm a I'm a huge fan of Coors Light. I'm unabashed about it. I think every dirt I think every brewer has a dirty little secret. My little dirty secret is I have a six pack of Coors Light in my fridge. It's <laughs> an easy one. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm into the high life light, uh, but I just can't find it very often. But they have it in Arizona a little a little bit. Hmm. What's it like brewing in Arizona? Your waters kind of be a little challenging at times. I mean, are you relying yeah. upon RO and adding back, or what? How do you do that? Yep, we've always been using RO. I think the first short stand of the brewery in Phoenix was uh, charcoal filtered and softened. But uh, yeah, we, we've always used RO since then. Um, in Phoenix, it, it had a lot of challenges. Um, our glycol chiller was outside. It, it uh, was oversized, but um, I mean, we had glycol issues on a weekly basis in the summer. It's 110, 115 degrees. Ugh. And uh, I had many knockouts because we had a dual stage uh, heat exchanger, so we run glycol and uh, um, and water. ambient water through our, our glycol uh, heat exchanger. Um, and so I'd stand out there with a the hose, just misting our condenser on the glycol <laughs> chiller for like a straight forty minutes, just sitting on my phone, like sprint misting it so that it wouldn't trip because it's just too hot. It can. Uh, water is really hard um, in Phoenix itself at high levels of like chlorine and definitely a lot of stuff we don't want. Uh, so the RO system was crucial there. Um, same with when we got up to Prescott, this facility did not have an RO system in it. So that was number one for, for us. We, we got a state-of-the-art RO system going. Giant storage tank out back. And, and I build up for a lot of our beers. And I'm still in the first three months of brewing on this 30-barrel system. Uh, so just recently I've started to just blend in Prescott City water, which doesn't have bad stuff in it. It's just really hard, uh, high calcium levels and pretty alkaline. But I'm starting to blend then certain percentages into like uh, darker beers. And I uh, did a West Coast triple IPA, so I kind of blended in a bit for that. So yeah, work. just use, relying on RO for sure. <laughs> this beer is great, man. It's uh, it's yeah, it is. got a very um, I want to say like a lemon drop character, but like a but not like the drink, like a lemon head, like the candies, yeah. right? Where it's like there's like a citrus almost tartness to it but not really yes. but then the it's sweetness spritzy. comes through yeah, yeah it's very uh it's a spritzy beer yeah very unique man yeah what's the abv on this 4.6 oh kiss me yeah, dude jesus christ <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah it's a nice beer we, we carve it naturally um with this, oh really with wow funding system yep um and uh yeah that's my first uh, ninety barrel brew in my entire career. <laughs> How did, so this is the first beer out of the out of the new brew house. Yes, sir. Yes. Nice. Yes. How does it compare? Do you think with the uh, with off the ten barrel system? Man, it's hard to say. I don't know. That's good, uh, right? Isn't that what you want? Maybe we got we. I think we got slightly higher hop utilization, so I think we. I dialed it back on the next batch, but. Okay, uh, slightly yeah. less. You said. Yes, like higher hop uh, efficiency. Oh. Okay. I say. So, so you think it's I a think, little bit more bitter. I think just a touch, maybe like 10% more. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't tried it in a few days, but yeah. 
Yeah, it's it. not a silver, it's a bronze. No, I'm kidding. It tastes <laughs> yeah, can you retroactively uh, remove that? <laughs> Man, how cool would that be to like, uh, not cool, obviously, but just like every year you have to resubmit these these beers that you win medals with to the panel Dude. and they can tell you whether or not you get to keep your medal. Well, funny enough, uh, uh, I'm going to shout out Cloudburst because I'm wearing this hat. Yeah. Uh, Steve Luke hit me up on the uh, night of this last GABF for the AZ IPA. And uh, I guess he was in the judging uh, for that as well. And he messaged me saying how great of a beer it was. And it was an easy gold. And I was like, man, that, that's, that's nice. awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, they brew so some, shout out to Steve. They brew some great beer there, too. Yeah, man. I remember, you know, I don't like the hazy beer, so I appreciate not having 12 of them here. Um, but oh, yeah, the, yeah. the Cloudburst beers were good. I mean, you know, those They're those dry. were like, yeah, yeah for <laughs> the first of those hazy beers that I was like, I can, I can, I, I think we've, realized how to make these things and he, they were one of the first to be like I, I i i can i can understand it i'm not coming around to them i'm not kim's dad but um i'm I'm, I'm coming around <laughs> coming around to them it, it, it's a uh, hop expresses and soft and dry dry is kind of the, the way to go yeah it's so not it. it's if, not good for sweet me sweet and dry if you're sweet and soft it's a little too much so yeah too much. Balance. yeah well that was also when things were still gritty you know, you still get yeah. a, a gritty thing. You're like, I don't, this is not, that's not for what sure. it's supposed to be. People were learning. There's a learning curve. There's a learning curve. Yeah, man, for sure. And, you know, I think that's why I think loggers are maybe coming back. I don't know. It's because there's, I mean, while there's a learning curve, sort of, we all kind of know how to make a logger now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean? You can't, a lot of these smaller breweries, I mean, uh, I love them. You just can't disappoint enough people on, too many people on $20 four packs too often they're going to want to figure something else out. So what is that? Is that the price for four packs out there is 20 bucks? You know, uh, if it's like these higher hop double IPAs, okay. I think we're right around 18, but, um, during that whole learning curve though, I mean, you could definitely get something that yeah. was a bit of a miss and, and you just spend a lot of money. on <laughs> four packs. So. Yeah. That's a hard price people, point. People are definitely dialing it in now. Yeah. That's a very hard price point, man. Absolutely. No, this is a good beer. This is a, a, a great start for me personally. Great. It's yeah. great for your back and for my COVID vaccine hangover. <laughs> it's funny. I see all these articles coming out. Can I drink beer after my COVID vaccine? It's like, <laughs> fuck, man. If you have yeah, to read an article. My, I hit my local winery pretty hard <laughs> last night. Yeah. If my, you, yeah. My, if my you have, first vaccine, I went to a friend's house and made pizzas and we drank a bunch of beer and I was fine. Yeah. yeah. If you have to read an article about it, then then you don't clearly have a problem. I, I had to. Uh, I, I had a bit of a panic attack before I got it. It was at this like uh, strange big Toyota sponsored like music venue center in Prescott Valley, Arizona. And if any listeners know about Prescott Valley, it's just like it's a place you go to disappear for the most part. I mean, and they have this like big Toyota center and. Uh, and I, and I called my girlfriend before I went in and I was like, I don't know about this. It seems too like, <laughs> this, this is weird. This is weird. And she's like, well, just think about how all these folks felt, uh, you know, with the polio vaccine a long time ago. Wow. They didn't trust it either. And they turned out fine. <laughs> I was like, all right. Talks you off right, the that's, ledge. That's good. Right, Damn. I'm going in. I'm going in. <laughs> Everybody with an anxiety problem needs somebody to, to handle them in that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Remember polio? <laughs> yeah, remember the thing that you weren't even alive for when the... I don't know. Yeah, it's like, uh, I mean, I would be concerned that I would be processed out, quote unquote, meaning I would 
leave on my back on the way out the door too, because it sounds like it's a very scary, uh, very, very scary place, man. Yeah. They're, and then they're like, all right, go sit over in that folding chair and make sure you don't die for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll ch- we'll but, check on you. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone was fine. It was weird. Yeah. Everything's it's such fine. an old community out there though, too. So it's great to see like so many older folks getting vaccines there. Yeah. We don't want them catching COVID playing pinochle with one another. No. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm uh yeah, I'm excited, man. I don't know. Things feel uh, a little bit uh a little bit like they're coming around, you know. The numbers are dropping and people are sort of getting back to normal in a safe environment. I feel comfortable. How did you guys deal with COVID when the whole shutdown happened? I'm not going to use the word pivot because we've we've worn that so word sure. out this year. Um we just we pivoted. We pivoted. Fuck. Damn it. <laughs> You weren't supposed to say the magic word, uh, you know, as far as like, you know, customers in the tap room and, 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 you know, did you have to change the way that you were able to deliver beer with people? Yeah. I mean, I can definitely speak vaguely to, I'm such like a heads down guy in the brewery, but, um, when it, uh, when it came, we shut down a, a week early. So about a year ago now, um, we just kind of did it on our own free will and, and, um, gave ourselves a little time to figure everything out. We immediately started a, a delivery system with our local, this like wholesaler company we work with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they were great. We were just, we were just sending a ton of beer and then we, uh, we were doing, you know, seamless, like you drive up and call us and we bring your order out. And we were cranking for, well, we weren't making enough beer the first month of COVID wow. and uh, kind of freaking out because we were selling more than we've ever sold. Uh, sure. Sure. So you're like, to- I, you're like toilet paper. I, uh, quickly <laughs> trained up our cellar man on the brew system. Cause I was pumping out like six turns a week on that little 10 barrel God, and just dying. Yeah. <laughs> I, I taught our, I taught our cellar man, uh, Akil, who's now kind of our, our main brewer in Phoenix. Um, just trained him up quick on our system. And then we started pumping out as much beer as we could. Did that plateau. Yeah, yeah. So we still have an, it definitely did plateau to, what normal numbers might look like for us. Okay. Uh, and then at that same time, distribution ramped up a little bit, not too much because, you know, bars and restaurants still had all those issues going on. Um, so, yeah, it, it kind of plateaued a bit to normal sales, but we, we were still growing enough to obviously plan a new production facility. Yeah. Um, and we, we still haven't opened the tap room. It, it's still just been uh, to go and uh, delivery only. Okay. Do you have a timeline for when that can open? Yeah, I think we're, we're as far as I've heard on our group chat, <laughs> I think we have a, uh, a ta- the city of Phoenix is like approving or that we have a meeting scheduled for a temporary patio premise. And uh, it's, it looks like in the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll be allowing people on site again. Nice. As far as I know, if anyone's watching that, I, I don't know for sure. <laughs> don't don't show up. Know, he'll text me and then I'll let everybody else. Yeah. Everyone text yeah. Kim's dad. His We're phone trying. number is 619-298-7400. You can find him in his car outside right now. <laughs> yeah. He's honking the horn in support every time you guys unlock yeah. the door. It works. Excited to get open and start serving people again. Yeah, absolutely. That's great, man. I, I, I guess I just assumed from all the horror stories I heard uh, about Arizona that just nobody, that just the state was operating like normal. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was so mixed. There's obviously such a different amount of people who live here, but yeah. Um, where I'm at in Prescott, where we just started our facility, it's 
they haven't worn masks. They don't know what a mask is up there, you know. <laughs> so uh, uh, down down in Phoenix is, is a bit better, and, and okay. people people were respectful of, of our business needs and Good. what our bartenders felt safe with and, and what we felt safe with. And yeah, we communicated that really clearly, and and I think it ended up working out well for us. That's good. No pushback because there's a lot, you know, social media now Very likes little. to really like, yeah, not much at all. especially with the breweries and, and uh, you know, whatever we like to post there, uh, yeah. <laughs> they're like yeah. interactions for the week on social or whatever. So uh, everyone was cool. Yeah. Good. That's great, man. That's great. I like that. Uh, no one's sort of harassing you. Yeah. We're just listening, listening to the staff really what they feel comfortable with. So. Yeah. That's good. That's good That's to hear, key. man. Um, yep. all right. Big spill pills. Tell me a little bit about, uh, big spill. <laughs> Love that one. Big spill pills. Uh, it's, it's a classic. It's definitely like a cult following, but, um, yeah, not, not, it's not for everyone. So we use, uh, there's yes, people in the, gonna... there's people in the chat just going, oh, I love big spill. <laughs> cool. <So. laughs> me too. Um, it's, it's featured around, uh, uh, my personal favorite hop. Uh, which is Nelson. Um, it's grown by Freestyle Farms in New Zealand. Um, they're growing some of the best Nelson uh, in New Zealand, and so. Um, this is the 2020 lot, uh, and we're really light-handed with it. So we treat it like a normal um, Americanized kind of German Pilsner. It's our under-modified Pils malt, um, just a touch of dextrin malt to kind of amp up the body, kind of when it says dry hopped on the label, I don't know. We just want like a bigger body pilsner. Um, uh, just hit with saws, check saws really lightly for uh, boiling uh, in the beginning of the boil, and then uh, a touch of Nelson at the end. Uh, and then we dry hop with a third of a pound per barrel of uh, Nelson. Wow, that is a light touch. Right That's before good. the lagering process. So I, I, like to, I like to creep it up a bit to 58, 59 for the better hop utilization, not so much uh, veggie notes. And then we lager it until, until it's ready. Package. How, how did you find the farm? Than, uh, Wait, hang on. I feel like Zoom just sort of like That's tweaked your audio out. Yeah, the audio is different. Yeah, I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll reconnect. Maybe he's I'm sure he'll reconnect. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I don't like Zoom. I don't like it. I don't like this. I don't like this thing that we're doing right now. It's just it's so problematic. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Are you there, Luke? I, I might have. I think I might have muted myself on this. <laughs> oh yeah, you're back. That's that's much better. Yeah. Well, Zoom like. Let me try, let me try these headphones back. Yeah. Okay. Zoom right. sort of like tweaked your audio and like it got real weird for a second. So. Okay. I think it was just a Zoom failure. I'm ready to get back to the studio, even though I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm sort of like, I'm, yeah. I'm sort of ready to, well you, well, you of everybody of anybody. I mean, look, you, you have, you know, it's probably not a good idea for you to get back to the studio. It's probably a better idea for you to wait till zoom catches up. The technology catches up to your, where your level of anxiety can handle it. Oh yes, for sure. I mean, look, I was talking to Bev about this today. I was like, I don't want to go into the studio, but I'm ready to have better technology than zoom. <laughs> and if that means like Skype and then, you know, you guys are on, a, you know, the thing or Luke. Hey. I'm back. All right, good. I don't know what happened. Is this, uh, we're just blaming right. Zoom. We're going to blame it on Zoom. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it's all good, man. It's all good. Okay, cool. Um, so we're talking about uh, Big Did spill. you catch any of that? Yeah, we got it all. Some of okay. it. 
How did you well, find the farm for the Nelsons? Uh, how did you find how did you find the farm? Uh, so we work with uh, another brewery, a big brewery in California, and uh, I just can't uh, talk about it much. But, oh. uh, we, uh, they help us out. Is it Harris Ranch? <laughs> they make well, I, I guess they make meat out they produce meat out here about it. yeah we're, we're we're friends i guess i don't know why i'm being all secret uh, being modern weird. times uh, modern times helps us out uh, okay the internet's there, gonna uh, blow up yeah really. wait until worst beer blog yeah. hears about this <laughs> Can you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's uh, cool man I know tim and tim and Andrew really really uh, like that beer and, and they They've always wanted to help us out with it. So. I mean, and that kind of stuff I think is 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 cool to get out because you know they're a, a large brewery, and I think it's nice that they're helping other totally, breweries yeah. produce a good product. That and they, happens all the time. That's the collaborative spirit of been of brewing. That's been happening since I started. I mean, right back in the eighteen yeah, forties. Okay. I mean, it's like when steam beer was first produced. Steam beer, <laughs> when I invented steam beer, yeah, no, I gave steam. Like we needed Galaxy hops. I got forty four pounds of Galaxy from uh, field work. I mean. Uh, recently, I mean, it's it's fun. It's what happens. I like those. It's it, yeah. That's the the ethos of craft beer. You know, it's like a yeah. rising tide and all that kind of shit. But uh, you also just help your friends out no matter what. You do. I mean, if Alex from Three Weavers gives me a call and says she needs like some advice how to make a you know a Mexican lager, I help her out because <laughs> she doesn't know how. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. yeah. You always take Alex's calls. Well, she. I know she's listening to us. So I got to throw another. <laughs> Because she has no I've idea. Got to get up. I've tried to. Re- I've I've heard good things about Three Weavers. So. Oh, it's great! Beer. It's awesome. Yeah. Flying to LAX and just you know walk there. It'll be a really painful, uh, potentially painful walk because the airport there is like a bit sketchy. But you can walk there. <laughs> well, look, he went. I, I, he went through the Toyota I, COVID. I have to have to fly to LAX on Friday, so maybe I will. You totally should. There you go, man. Uh, I like I like this pills. You know, you were you were talking about it. It's not it's not like a traditional. I don't want to say traditional pills, but it does have that mouth feel. It does have yeah. a, a certain level of, um, and I hesitate to say creaminess because that's not what I mean. It, 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 I know what you're saying. It's a little creamy. It's actually yeah. a little rustic. It's gets a little. It's got yes. a little kind of little rough on it. Um, but uh, the aroma is great. The body's great. It's 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 clean. It's quite it's quite drinkable yeah and i will say at first i didn't like it and then the more it kind of sat with me and i guess i figured out what it is i i liked the 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 assemblage right the the way the way that it was put together and and the flavors that you're going for and that you targeted and that you you know you executed ultimately but yeah that i think it's that mouthfeel that sort of threw me for just a second but uh i'm a professional so i got over it you work through it. I work just through like it. Back pain. Yeah, Is that what you're saying. Just like my my last therapy session. Yeah, it's good. And so you said this has like a cult following, huh? People are, you know, if you, if you like this beer, you love this beer, kind of thing. This is a good yeah, beer. Exactly. All right, that's good, man. That's What's cool. What's the ABV on it? Uh, four point eight. <laughs> oh my God, man, it's a lot of flavor for four eight. That's awesome. <laughs> it really is, man. Jeez. Can you guys hear me okay? Not really. We, we, you're you're uh, a little bit, but it sounds like. Well, I'll tell you what. Probably... We're we're about to run up against a break, anyways. So let me take okay. another break. Let me get the other two beers, and um, you know, maybe we'll jump out of the call, jump back in, or whatever, and then and then we'll be good. Is that cool? Okay, great. okay cool. It's the session, everybody. Hang on. We'll be right back.
you're tuned into this session. Because life's too short to listen to crappy radio. All right, thanks for hanging on, everybody. Luke is here with Ren House Brewing in Arizona. And uh, Luke, you're in your car now, and I apologize that you've had to... Uh, it's come to this. <laughs> where you're doing uh, the show from the car, but uh, at least you're not driving, so you can still have a beer or two. Or maybe maybe you can drink and drive in Arizona. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> also, the light now illuminates his face more, so he can see his full cheekbones and everything, so it just works out best for everybody. Oh, hey! See that you got you got the social media influencer. She's shaved today. Yeah, she's like you know this is the lighting that you need. You need one of those ring lights. Ring light. Yeah. All the TikTokers have them. That's right. That's right. All those natural sunset coming in on my face. I think it's great. That's the golden hour, dude. dude you got the golden hour. Let's see the sunset. <laughs> it's just... Well, so it's, it's it's peeking around some clouds here, guys. Let's. So, oh, Arizona, wow. Flagstaff, Arizona. That's right. Have we caught Arizona. up to Arizona's time? Because they don't do daylight savings time. That's right. In some ways, yes, you're more progressive. I who we're aligned with. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. We, 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 we just do normal time. Who are we aligned with? <laughs> and like, what time is it right? It's 6.15 here. Um, six fifteen here. Whoa! Oh, okay, right. time. Wow! There we oh, go. This is the first time <laughs> we've awesome. ever talked about the time zones on the session. This is awesome. This, this is, is huge. Yeah, I'm, Kim. I'm glad you're the, here, man. I think the barrier of not having to be in person. We it just is open up more. That's true. <laughs> There's a lot of sharing going on right now. Yeah. Well, this is the feelings section. We're going to talk, start talking about the feelings of our show and. Um, anyway, I have two beers here. Un <laughs> Unfortunately, they're both IPAs, but I'm going to work through that. And I have Spellbinder, it looks like. This is the the one, right? Yeah, that's like our uh, our house beer, pretty much. So it doesn't say on it that it's a hazy IPA. Is that is that because everyone uh, just knows it's a hazy? or? Yeah, I guess we're, we're kind of purposeful about that. We just... Um, don't get too into detail about the beer style on our cans. Okay. Which I think encourages people to look into it more online, but, um, yeah. yeah I mean, for, for yeah, I can definitely see that. The only thing I would note is that if people are in the mood for a hazy or if they're not and they try the beer, either they're going to be disappointed yeah. or excited. I think right above the metal on the side, it might say like it won for juicy hazy. So maybe that's like the one descriptor we've got. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe uh, my eyes are yeah, too old. You have, totally to really, you have to look really hard for that, though. There you go. Yeah. Pour, just pour it in the glass and you'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, then, and if you know, you know. So be quiet. And we've, you know, we've had this discussion before where, you know, especially when the hazy thing was really hitting hard um, at the at the bar. Uh, the folks weren't, the kids weren't putting if it was hazy or not. So I'd get like a pale ale and it would be hazy. I'm like, I'm not drinking. I'm not doing this. I don't want this. So for me, it's a very, it's very much like a, not a sticking point, but it's like a point of concern, even though sure. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't drink IPA. So I'm never going to get burnt by it. I'm not, you know what I mean? So I don't really care. I don't have a dog in this race. It's just, it's a thing I like to mention because I'm crazy. Uh, tell me I about think if, if you, if you see an IPA from us, it's hazy. It's hazy. I'd probably say if it's not. Okay, that's fair enough, man. Well, look, yeah. and if it's Spellbinder, 100%, it's a hazy beer. It, was this the first sort of like crack at hazy beers that you did? The Spellbinder? Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it, it was the second, I think. We did one yeah, called wow. like Eastward. Okay. Um, and then got into this. Uh, the beers changed quite a bit over time. Um, started it with like putting oat milk in the kettle. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just did that a couple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you did you make a, your own or did you um, buy some? No, we were trying to buy it and it was hard to find. This was probably three years ago now. Um, so we stopped. We went really oat heavy after that, and now, funny enough, it, it's a wheat heavy IPA. It's a lot wow. of malted wheat. Um, we use wow. raw wheat. Uh, it's called Sonora white wheat and it's a variety that has been grown in Arizona for hundreds of years. Um, it's a very high protein, um, type of wheat that a lot of Italian pasta makers and stuff will actually import, uh, to make their pasta. So Arizona has got this like booming, uh, wheat industry of old, uh, her- heritage wheats. Uh, so oh, wow. we use those, um, and then flaked oats. And we use our under-modified pills malt as the base. Man, you know, another thing I'm, uh, we're noticing more and more on these shows is that there's a lot of brewers going for those r- sort of regional sort of extra grains, like you were talking about with your with your local, uh, you know, local wheat there. They're putting a, like yeah, a, a nice I, little local spin on, on, on the product they produce. I think it's a good tool to kind of set you apart a little bit. Yeah. And, and um, something you can honestly have like regional pride in. I think it's great. Yeah, it's awesome, man. And yeah, supporting your community and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I know a lot of California breweries got big in like Mecca grade malt and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and um, seeing those yeah, monsters man. grow with these breweries has been super cool to watch. Yeah. What kind of yeast are you using on this? Uh, we use um, dr- dry English yeast. Really? So far. Okay. Yep. So that haze, uh, the haze is a protein haze. It's not a yeast thing. No, I mean, um, uh, no, we don't rely on yeast at all. It, it maybe there's some in the can, but, um, that's just dialing in these, this big production facility. Um, okay. but yeah, it's, it's all protein polyphenol stable haze. Wow. Yeah. I love the mouthfeel on it because it's not, it's not like overly pillowy and velvety. Yep. Just you know soft. I mean? It's, yeah. a, it's got, it's got some corners to it for sure, but um the bitterness is is you know sometimes i drink and i'm like damn i wish this had like 70 ibus but <laughs> that's not the beer for it so how many does it, it have has, it, it has it it does have a nice charge of bitterness to it yeah. i mean uh it's in some ways it almost behaves like a west coast with uh, aggressive hopping uh if you, you know if you close your eyes for a moment yeah um how are you what's your hop prof- i mean how are you hopping this are you biotransformation yeah. Like um, fermentation addition or yeah, it's definitely our goal. We ferment really cold, um, so I, I, I don't really want much yeast yeast ester in there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it definitely comes through. That USO four can be pretty doughy. Can be a pretty doughy yeast. Yeah. Um, so we try and get that out off of there as much as possible. Uh, we whirlpool with um, Crosby Cascade at about 0.8 pounds per barrel at about 175 degrees. Hmm um for about 35 minutes or so and then it gets uh knocked out and day three uh and that's if brew day was day one i guess yeah (laughs) so day three we uh dry hop with almost three pounds per barrel split between mosaic and citra okay and that's that's pretty pretty solid stuck with that for now it's 
been working. How long's your dry hop schedule? Uh, I like to leave it on there because again, again with the spirits naturally carved, um, we spunned it uh, to two point three five to two point four five volumes, um, and I rely on the dry hop to help that, uh, especially with hop creep to keep to keep uh, action going in there and to keep movement happening under high pressure uh, to try and get some of that CO two dissolved. Um, so the, the dry hop sits for five to six days before, before we start dumping it. Okay. And that's at fermentation temperature, a little colder. Yep. Okay. Which is in the low to mid sixties. Okay. Interesting. I love it. Yeah. That, I love, I, I, I like that mouthfeel a lot, honestly. And I don't, I feel, I feel dirty saying it. <laughs> I know because, it, because you have to like, you know, adhere to your rant about not liking hazy. So when we chip away at the edges of that, that's when you, that's when it all down. <laughs> yeah, it's just, my mask soft, is slipping. extra soft RO water. So it's hard not to like drink quickly. What's the, uh, ABV on this? <laughs> What's the ABV on this guy? Our target's about seven one. That one okay. might be 0.2 lower or so. Okay. Yeah, definitely could tell. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is six point eight, actually. <laughs> so you spoon you spooned every beer that you do. Yep. Okay. I thought that was really only. Again, I, I thought that was really only for like you know the German beers to really kind of keep some of those you know ester profiles in there. But uh, what what's the the benefit of 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 spooning uh, uh, an IPA? Same uh, thing, I guess. It's right. Just, it's just what we've liked. <laughs> okay. Do you do that with all your beers? There's no reason no, for it. We try to do it on all. There's some that, that make it tougher. Um, we do like a Joe, a coffee oatmeal stout called Joe Max, and just the aggressiveness of that fermentation. It's kind of hard to catch at a good time and 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 get it get it going. But generally, all of our beers have some level of natural carbonation, and um, uh, most of our beers are are targeted to be fully naturally carbonated. Okay. I mean, I imagine at, at some point it's easier on some level. It's just it's easier, easier just to apply like the, the standard over the cross the whole time. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense, man. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to crack the last one here, which is Greenhorns, which is a double cool. IPA with honey. A little bit of honey. Yeah. About um, 60 pounds for a 30 barrel batch. See, okay. My dumbass so we- was about to ask, oh, do you carbonate with honey? Even though we just... We just talked about literally. <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> you, we're, not that, <laughs> we're not on that level yet. Yeah. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. Tell me about Greenhorns, please. This one was force carbonated to, to be <laughs> front with you. Uh, Greenhorns. <laughs> um, so when we got our production facility in Prescott just recently, um, our neighbors who are just a few buildings down, uh, who we've been friends with for a while, they're called Superstition Meadery. Um, okay. And they make a lot of... Um, definitely heavier on like the dessert sweet means, but they make such a wide, awesome variety of, of fruit fermentation, uh, even wines and fruit wines and melanomals and all that cool stuff. Um, so we got with them and Blackstack Brewing out of the Midwest, uh, I believe St. Paul, Twin Cities for sure. Um, and um, kind of got together and just brewed a nice dry uh, double IPA. I think it finished at like three Play-Doh. Uh, a bit of honey in the in the boil and and uh, in the whirlpool and the dry hop. We hit it with Nelson, Simcoe, Citra, and a bit of mosaic. Um, and then same with the dry hop. 
Okay. Yeah. Another pretty again, simple beer. Uh, yeah. It's a ton of raw raw Arizona wheat. Hazy beer. Raw Arizona wheat. A, okay. A Durham, uh Bluebeard Durham style of wheat, which is extra high protein and wow. a little bit of Sonora and then flaked oats and pills. How do you choose those grains? Do you go out specifically looking for high protein or did you hear about uh, it? At like, cause you said you're in a small like town of 400 people. I just imagine you walk into the <laughs> diner and you hear some old people telling tales of the, you know what I mean? The nat, I don't you know, have man. to use the Durham Well, you know, if you were uh, any sort of brewer, you'd use the soft man, old man yeast. Work. That's some kind of weird dream that I've yeah. had, I think. <laughs> you're gonna freak uh, out tonight but no I, I recently moved up here I've, I've been in phoenix before this and there's a there's a big farm down in queen creek uh near phoenix who's been growing this wheat for a couple generations now and and they do a few varieties and we've just been trying them for years so um we figured out kind of what they all do and okay. what we like from them. So you, you heard it, you started poking around and using it here and there and experimenting and sort of testing out. Yeah. And then you said, Hey, this would be really good doing this. And they're called uh, a yeah. grain R and D grain R and D and they, uh, they ship. And so if any brewers out there want to try it out, grain R and D that's cool. Yep. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Oh, so, Oh, before I start, what's the ABV on the double IPA? Uh, it, it's about eight, eight, 8.1, I You'll believe. Be fine. Okay. Well, no, what I was going to say was they sort of taste very similar as far as yeah. like the mouthfeel and whatever. Like I wouldn't have known, honestly, the, the, the double doesn't taste as alcoholic as the IPA. That makes yeah. sense. Uh, you know, which I think is a compliment. <laughs> I don't mean every once in a while I get very concerned about what I say is like not really taken well or like I can't really express what I'm trying to say. It's like not it's not really a nice thing. It's not really a compliment. You should, I mean, start everything off but, by saying I'm trying to pay you a compliment right now. Yeah. And then say your comment. Like uh, preload the preload yeah. your comment. We know uh, what the end of the story is. I'm about to be nice. Colon. <laughs> this once. is the yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean you don't get any hotness at all. It's very, very smooth and round. And again, it's not that pillowy, like I'm chewing on a velour tracksuit or whatever. It's, it, it, you know, there's, like you said, there's a little edge to it every now and then, but it's, it's definitely a little bit softer than the, than the Spellbinder, but not as like, okay, this is just, this isn't even a beer right now. This is just like soft serve ice cream. Like this is, yeah. um, it, it was always just kind of meeting in the middle with the consumer of just like, I know you guys kind of go crazy for these big, sweet smooth ipas but i mean let's give you a little dryness and a little get that body from alcohol more than anything else yeah yeah plus it plus i mean you want a little bit of balance in some ways because you don't want it to be too sweet because if it is glowing then you're not going to want another one I mean, the whole point of this of what we want people to do is we want them to enjoy a beer and then another and then another and another if you have one yeah. it turns you off and it's like what's the point i wonder yeah. if, if the final form of hazy ipa is going to be just a tad over what like a west coast ipa is so you sort of like ride that line between the two if that makes any sense like to me you know like the spellbinder and even this to a certain extent the greenhorns it, it is it, it is more aligned with the hoppiness and the sort of like I don't know, je ne sais quoi of like a West Coast IPA with just yeah. some like just some soft, you know, underneath. Um, yeah, totally. 
I think that's great to hear. <laughs> I don't see that as being negative at all. Oh, I, I meant it. That that I meant as an insult. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Because like we talk about gateway beers and like this got me into this or, you know, we're trying to get people, whatever. And I just, I imagine like some beers like this bring people out of the cult of, of hazy IPAs and sort of like, I oh, so. I can enjoy other things too because there is that sort of like fanatical obsession with my all of my beers that I drink have to be hazy because I have to put them on Instagram. And it's like, oh, you don't, totally. you don't yeah. have to do that. You can, you can, you're not yeah. supposed to say that. <sighs> if I do this can, motion with my hands enough, that. don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I don't, no. It'll happen. It gets more likes. But yeah, I think Spellbinder is <laughs> yeah, a super um, approachable beer. And it I, is. That's yeah. definitely well said. I think almost any kind of average beer drinker or someone who just thinks they might not even like beer can try that beer and, and, and probably enjoy it and, and want to yeah. drink more of it. So I think that's yeah, a great definitely super great aspect of the beer. Yeah, yeah well, and I think... Approachable is a great word. Yeah, and I think that's what hazy beers are sort of ultimately uh, generating is it isn't it it is a, a, a maybe a better entry point than a, an american light lager for people who don't necessarily like yeah. beer or whatever it might taste less like beer to those people right yeah it's or sweeter, at least more approachable we have a yeah. you know as a society we like we we're, we're drawn towards sweet things so yeah, yeah absolutely. well and and I, I i can tolerate it a little bit more than like pastry stouts I don't know. I don't know why. And, and anyway, um, speaking of other of other things, uh, you were talking about you went to Arizona Wilderness before uh, you know coming back to Ren House, and you're doing their fooder yep. program. Are you doing a fooder program at Ren House? Are you guys going to get into sours and all that kind of stuff? Um, not necessarily. I, I, I think we definitely want to make some kind of expansion to our new facility in the future with, that has a focus on um, I don't know more. Uh, simpler, <laughs> more rustic kind of style beers like that, okay. but not not necessarily into a, a forced category like that. But um, so yeah, not not really. <laughs> okay, Is I, it- I don't think I think it's definitely something I've been passionate about in the past, and and I, I don't know what happened. There's a switch in me. I haven't been drinking much sour beer at all lately, and I really enjoy like English pub ales and and, and oh, lagers yeah. and and. Um, so I think between that and the other folks at Rin House who also don't have a huge in interest or investment in sour beer, that it's, it's not really something on our uh, horizon anytime soon. Does it make you feel sad? It would make me feel uh, sad because it's like <laughs> you're obviously trained in it. You obviously know what you're doing with it, right? I mean, you were hired specifically to do the thing, and now you're not using that knowledge. Is it sort of like... Uh, you know, I, are you going to lead the push lot, to go there? I think I'm a lot more attracted to the knowledge of, of operating a, a, a production facility. I think it's really fun okay. and uh, really challenging. Yeah. And uh, especially when I'm making these beers on this system that someone else built and, and uh, trying to figure out how to make beers that we're known for uh, be replicable and, uh, and taste similar. So I think you guys uh, drinking those and, and affirming that they taste good was, was uh, exciting enough for me. <laughs> no, they taste great. I mean, that's uh, good, man. Fair have you enough. Thought about making a London Pride clone up there at all? Call it maybe Prescott Pride. I mean, it's like one of my favorite styles. That would be awesome. We do make a, a dark mild. Oh, uh, you do. Called Pubber. Uh, once or twice a year. <laughs> nice, dude. Two point eight percent dark. Oh my god! JP just fell over in his chair. Yeah, forget about it, dude. <laughs> 
I mean, mainly because yeah, my back hurt. I'm smiling right now. Oh, just like that. Well, I was. I mean, before the show, that's what I was drinking. I brewed a black mild, getting back into home brewing with oh, nice. with Kvike yeast. Really nice. good. And like you know, three, two and a half, three weeks in, it's starting. It's get this little thing, this little tart plum thing. That's I don't know, man. It's really interesting yeast to brew with. So I'm gonna brew an ESB with it next with the same yeast. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've actually uh, know a few breweries who, who ended up trying that as their um as their house yeast and wow. uh, making a ton of different styles with it it's, so it's that was an interesting thing to come out it's a super yeah dude it's a super Make weird yeast and it's like uh, <laughs> yeah. i don't know the bruce strong guys just interviewed um escarpment labs up in canada about they they do all sorts of like they they know the most they know the most about the bike for sure yeah yeah it's i don't know man anyway that got me super jazzed but yeah black mild forget about it that's my <laughs> It, 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 dude, if we yeah. remember, we'll, we'll try and get you some. Sure. <laughs> that would be tight. Soon. Well, I'd love to come and visit too, man. Once everything starts, uh, you know, yeah, man. There's no course. risk of dying. I mean, so this tomorrow, our Phoenix Brewery is canning a, a nitrogen dosed Irish dry stout, little four point two percenter. Damn, bro. So we, we we make those beers for sure. Well, then I don't know. I mean, hearing Kim died there, I might not. I might not. Uh, she lived there. Tucson. She lived. She was re- Phoenix. She was That's reborn. True. That's, That's true. where I became an angel. Exactly. <laughs> She's not even. She can do anything she wants now. She can drink Spindrift on a beer show, and there's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> what is it's spin- the best excuse for everything? No one can say anything to me ever. What is Spindrift? Exactly. I don't even know what that is. What? What's Spin? Yeah. Is you it know a what Spindrift? Is? No. I acted like I did. I don't know what it is. But the difference between this and Lacroix is there's like real fruit juice squeezed into it. So it's oh. like a step up you know from Lacroix. Uh, it's more bougie. I know it's all positivity on this show. No. I tried one of those with the lemon and uh, it didn't do it for me. I was very put off by this lemon uh I sell too. So I want to try some other flavors. I okay. Not know. everyone has the sophisticated palate that I do. That's right. Kim. That's why I want to spin Yeah. It's probably a bad, it was a bad can. Yeah. Kim is what we call a super taster. <laughs> um, I can't do LaCroix, dude. I, that like, there is some, there's some thing off putting about how those flavors are mixed or whatever. I can't do it. I can't deal with it. Deal with this is real juice. Oh, okay. It's not the essence of it's real. So maybe it's, spin drift is for you. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try new flavors. Maybe what I do is I just buy like normal uncar normal carbonated water, and then I have like syrups for like making tiki drinks and shit, like a passion Whoa. fruit syrup or whatever, and I just pop a little bit of that in the can or a little bit of grenadine that I make, house made grenadine, and uh, you know it's good stuff for me. Wow. Yeah, I'm really cool, Luke. I don't know if you knew this that. This is awesome. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that's what your daughter says. Actually, speaking of that, Sean. My daughter told me that she really misses Uncle Sean and wants him to come back. I was there once. I know. This is what she does. No, I don't know. Because I told her that I was going to go drop beers off to you. And she's like, I miss Uncle Sean. He come back now. I brought her pizza last time, too. I brought the whole family pizza. So Yeah. I held her once. You're good. (laughs) That's right. right. Well, Luke, I'll let you go, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, You guys, Ren House Brewing Company in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, You can go to um, renhousebrewing.com to learn more. I do have like two uh, feedback emails to read. So, Luke, I don't know if you want to if you want to get out of your car. uh, You're more than welcome to. But if you want to hang on for another couple of minutes, you can, too. But uh, that's your choice. Hanging on. 
Okay, you're hanging on. I'm invested. In. Hey, where did you go skiing, by the way? Uh, Snowball. It's in Flagstaff. Damn you. <laughs> they just got a they got a 42 inches on this last storm Damn. Uh, this weekend so i was just playing i was playing playing in the woods all day <laughs> <laughs> and you blew your back out i did some some cartwheels yeah oh damn <laughs> snowboarder yeah i'm snowboarding yeah i i, I cartwheeled and stopped doing that <laughs> i went back to skiing <laughs> yeah, the last dude, the last time I snowboarded was with Chad. We went up uh, uh, up for his birthday or whatever, and like my my snowboard kept hitting the back of my head every time I fell. Like I would, that's how fall, hard I would fall. Oh, it was no. like halfway done. I was like, you know what? I'm, I I I limped down the hill. I was like, you guys have fun. I'm drinking Gordon beers from Harrison for the rest of the day. So like, <laughs> that's my my memory of snowboarding is is just getting drunk on Gordon beers from in the snow, watching people fall. Yeah, it's almost as fun. Yeah, I can't yes. do it, man. I'm too old now. I guess I don't know. Tubing is a sport for you. Pooping is a sport for me. Tubing, but that too. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, dude. I mean, I could poop. I don't know. Whatever. We all poop, by the way. But go ahead. Um, okay. Well, shoot. I deleted it. No. Where'd it go? I have one. I had one feedback and um, it was it was about me. And now I don't know where it is. I'm stupid. I feel dumb. Let me just scroll through real fast. There we go. Here we go. This, feedback? this is from Mike. He says, JP. Let me say you kick ass. Sully and Teresa are great too. You're sort of my hero 2.0. Don't take it the wrong way, but please have Justin back whenever he's ready. (laughs) I so miss that curly haired bastard. His interview and cadence are smooth. That's from Mike. So uh, thanks, Mike. If you guys wanted to, I want to do more feedback. So if you guys have feedback, it's feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. We are, uh, you know, we're still doing feedback segments every now and then. Although mostly our feedback inbox is just spam. It's like if you want to open any sort of equipment factory, uh, the entire nation of uh, China is emailing me about it. So um, I can pass on information to you guys. But uh, I think I get those emails, too. And, you know, sometimes that equipment's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, but whatever. Uh, Anyway, internal feedback of each other. (laughs) I don't know if we have the time or like the Xanax. You would be ruthless. (laughs) I'd be afraid of that feedback. My stuff is already air- like everyone already says what they think about me during the show. So I feel like I've been saving it up. So I have more than I need to disseminate. Um, I think that's I think that's nice that you think that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, that would not go well. I don't feel like that would go well. I don't think we're like we're at the point right now. Um, we're not there yet. No, we're not. Maybe there with yet. guests. Yeah, Luke. That's right in about the feedback about how we treated them. Well, I think after the shows, at the end of the show, we should give everybody feedback on the guest. We should get the guest feedback on how we think. So, Kim, you start on Luke and tell him how great. I'm kidding. Uh, Luke, I appreciate it, man. Tell me how bad I am. (laughs) You already complimented him on the cheekbones in the car. It was actually worked out well for him. So he's fine. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Luke, thank you very much, man, for taking the time. Uh, It was cool to hear about how you guys specifically were going through COVID and how you dealt with that. And it sounds like, you know, it it sort of was a a benefit and 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 a curse at the same time. Um, but I'm, I'm glad you guys went through it and, and hopefully things will be back to normal out there soon. Um, again, go to renthousebrewing.com. Do you distribute outside of Arizona too, or are you just specifically Arizona? Um, and not right now, but I think very soon as, as we get rolling with, with our production numbers and what things are going to look like, 
yeah um you could definitely see see our beer out of state soon cool so just keep up keep up on our um instagram is, is definitely the best way to see what we're up to and and maybe even where our beer is going cool very good all right well thanks a lot everybody i really appreciate uh, you guys tuning yeah. in to the old facebook uh, live shouts out to big facebook town and uh you know this will be on uh, podcast here in a couple days i guess i don't know we'll see we'll see how i feel maybe i don't want to do it you'll do it i'll do it all right uh sully thank you very much kim thank you thank you very much thanks for having me appreciate it yeah Luke, thanks again man great all right guys Bye. take care we'll see you Just and my sky and winning the race, JP does great.